Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. We said this last week. We've been saying it for a couple of years now, but closing in on the AW Dynamite's 200th episode, which is next week. God damn, this women's division is not being treated properly. No, it sure isn't. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Tempest, filling in for Luke D.A.D. He's on holiday this week. Uh, If you haven't already, please press the subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of Dynamite and maybe some ideas. Let's let's be constructive critics uh, of how to fix the women's division. And of course, send in your... Omega Chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them. Over five US dollars. Have I got a wheeze? I don't know. <laughs> I'm back in the room. Just mm-hmm. makes me emotional. <laughs> I was very confused there for a second. I was you know like how uh, like Matt Bellamy of News or the guy in Metallica sings. <gasps> uh-huh. They do the yeah, yeah. between each line. I was I was conscious I was doing that. Anyway, what happened on this episode? was our token 10 minutes of a women's segment, mm-hmm. which is actually a marked improvement over last week. Yeah. Which it was, was about four minutes. If you're being generous, including mm-hmm. entrances and such. But I, like last week, we haven't spoken about last week, on, on air at least, uh, but Luke was really, really angry. And a lot of people were really, really angry about last week. It was just Britt Baker coming out, squashing one person, local enhancement talent, no direction, no nothing. Yeah, it's not good. Mm-hmm. But but it, for me, I, I didn't really notice that until people started pointing it out because I'm like, well, you know, AEW don't do their women's division stuff well. They've never really given it much focus. And this is a show where you've got an hour dedicated to blood yeah. and guts and you've got about 35 minutes of focus on the whole MJF Cole thing. And you had the international title match. Yes. So I was like, oh, okay. This week... This uh, was was a a bad match with Ty Valkyrie versus Britt Baker. And the thing that put it over the top was, weirdly... The strangest <laughs> camera choice I've ever seen in wrestling. This, this might go down in that those just crazy shots of the crowd after a thing happening. You know, Undertaker guy's face, Miz girl, girl. Brock Lesnar dude... And now we're going to have the end of Britt Baker versus Ty Valkyrie when Britt Baker wins. And it's just like, meh. And it just cuts to a guy in the crowd 
dead center. I couldn't believe, you couldn't have framed it more dead center. <laughs> With a sign that read, book your women's division better. Someone must have gotten to talking to after this show, because at the very least, the director's in on it. A director in the control room will be the guy, you know, people will be framing up shots. Yep. And then the director's like, right, cut to B, cut to five or whatever. So, yeah, they, this was a shot. Mm-hmm. For, this wasn't a mistake shot. Maybe it's a mistake it went to air. Sure. Maybe, like, one of the camera ops was going, like, <laughs> look at this guy. Oh, no, it's live. Yeah. Oh, you see the the janky, like, oh, quick, point the camera somewhere else. You didn't have that. But this... they didn't cut away from it. No. They held on it for, like, three seconds. Bizarre. I I don't know what to say about the actual production on this show regarding that moment, but the, the larger yes. issue at play here, because this was, I don't want to spend too much time dogging on this match, because mm. sometimes you just have a bad match, you know? I don't think it's outrageous to say that it didn't appear Ty of Valkyrie and Britt Baker had very good chemistry. Maybe if they wrestled more often and practiced or something, they, they could find some chemistry. But it wasn't their night. There were some very noticeable moves gone awry, circling the interwebs. And the bigger picture, of course, is the lack of direction and everything. But it was kind of punctuated by just a bad night overall for the the women on this show. They, Excalibur put over that this was a first time ever matchup. And that made me excited. But then, yeah, of course, sometimes that doesn't work out too good when you're in the ring. So going into the match, Taya Valkyrie, uh, you know, had that match against Jade where she lost the match, but then Statlander returned. And then they were sort of building something of grumpy Tyre watching Statlander matches. Yep. Did they pay off on that Yeah, they, they had a, a title match. <laughs> right. Ty had uh, challenged Chris, and it was a good match, mm-hmm. but it was no more heated than any other TBS championship match that we've seen. And it's just like, that happened, and then now we've moved away from it. And not only moved away from that story or that direction, we've moved away from Chris Statlander almost entirely, yeah. <laughs> which I find utterly appalling and really wanted to bring up when the topic of the women's division was kind of pushed as the the focus of this podcast it was like who was hotter coming out mm-hmm. of double or nothing than chris statlander you know back having just beaten jade new tbs champion everybody's here for it everybody's been longing to see this rain everybody's been wanting chris statlander to get the big moment they were behind her the year before when she was in the mm. uh the semi-finals of the owen hart cup and were really upset when ruby soho beat her and now back wins it okay here we go nothing mm. absolutely draw put on the back burner and i have no idea why there's so many people you can say that about in the women's division. I know it's difficult with, you know, sometimes visas and whatnot, but Shida, Rio, mm-hmm. like they're, they're two of the best wrestlers in the company, mm-hmm. let alone the women's division. It baffles me that they're not used more. Like when was the last time you saw Shida? Well, she was in a, a backstage pre-tape thing on this show. But besides, oh, yeah, with Nyla Rose besides that, like, I don't know when the last time she was in mm-hmm. the ring was when she came out and sort of joined the outcasts and turned on them and there was that whole thing but there hasn't been very much besides that it's 
it's been explained to me on Twitter how this all comes together and why it seems like there's a lack of focus on the AEW women's division. And that just being like, when you look at a week's worth of TV for AEW, you block out shows in your mind where it's like, we need to focus, we need to do something to focus on the tag titles, the trios titles, the heavyweight division, the mid card division, and throw in however other many other titles. A couple of feuds. Yeah, a couple of other things. And among them is your women's segment. And... I understand the the thought process behind that. Like there are, a, this is a big roster with lots of mouths to feed and everything. However, my problem with this is why have you locked yourself into that format? Mm-hmm. Because we've seen plenty of times that we have no problem spending a, a week or two weeks or however long with the trios titles not on TV, and still we have yet to find. AEW women's programs not centered around a title and that then do not eclipse whatever title feud is going on. Because you could have, pick whatever feud you want right now, form a feud over not a title and have that be a focus. But if you do that, they then will not put the women's title or the TBS title on the show either. And there's no reason you couldn't have an episode of Dynamite with all three of those things, especially now that you have an AEW women's roster that is absolutely loaded with talent. Like two, three years ago when we were smack dab in the middle of that summer of the pandemic and everybody was really harping on AEW where it's like your women's segment on the show would be Hikaru Shida sat in the front row, Mm. for example. I was one to try and defend AEW at that point because I was like, this has just been a disaster for them this year. Half of their stars are trapped somewhere else. They can't get most of the Japanese talent or the English talent on TV. Chris Statlander just blew out her knee. Britt Baker just blew out her knee. You had so many injuries, so many things working against AEW where I was like, I can kind of understand why it's a little bit harder to think of things to do other than just run back Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose a couple of Mm pay-per-views during the pandemic. I totally got that, as disappointing as it was to see. Now, I have no excuses for them. There's so much talent that's just not getting a chance to be put on TV, to be built, to have storylines. And there are some things that I just like. I get it that right now Jamie Hayter is hurt, Mm -hmm. But where did the Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker stuff ever go? Yeah, and the outcast stuff, you know, that they, they pop around, but all they do is beat Sky Blue every couple of weeks and then yeah. beat Willow Nightingale. Like, it felt like maybe we were building to something at some point at the beginning of the year. Blood and guts, maybe. Maybe. The outcast versus AEW Originals. It just feels like they don't have an end goal in mind for any particular story mm. right now. And I was really hoping that the Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker story, which ultimately I think we'll probably get a match between yeah. them. But it looked like they were going to break up or do something at like All Out last year. And that was like, ooh, finally, Jamie never did the DMD when Britt mm-hmm. did it. Ah, that was all a tease to lead us to this moment. And we've never gotten the story that has supposedly been built to. And I thought that would have been a great 
chance for them to do something with or without a title to just really build a proper story around their women's division. We just haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, there's no stories. And like I said, 200 episodes in next week. You can't give them the excuses anymore. They've got a massive talent. Uh, sorry, a massive roster of women's talent that aren't being used. But I would say they've also got a massive roster of men's talent that isn't being used. Yes. But they are putting men more on TV. Mm -hmm. So it's like just proportionally, it really does feel like when the bookers are laying out the show, they go through those titles you listed, and then they're like, the women's stuff is down with the trios title. Mm Mm-hmm. Or the TNT title. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I, you know, if, if you're a Ring of Honor last decade, you could get away with that. Or New Japan now, you know, not every promotion has to have a women's division. Mm-hmm. It's up to you, doesn't it? Have to have a tag division. But because they launched the promotion on the, the sort of promise, we are going to have the best women's wrestling in the world. And then you had the Kenny Omega stuff. He wanted to bring in all those Joshi wrestlers, which was cool, but, you know, never really went anywhere. And that does seem to have been dropped heavily now. They're they're treating an entire gender like like they're the trio's titles. Yeah. When really you should be... It's not about titles, is it? You kind of want to have at least a bit of parody. I'm not saying 50-50, like an hour of the show's the men, an hour of a show the women, the women's when you chalk it all up. But maybe, like, you could have a half hour to 45 minute range, mm-hmm. especially now you've got, what is it, six hours of weekly TV? Something like that. I think five, two hours for Dynamite, two hours for Collision, one hour for Rampage, and then depends on how you consider yeah. Ring of Honor and stuff into this. But it feels like every time it's, they're, they're just getting that quarter hour segment which is the second quarter of the second hour. Yeah. And it, it feels really stats-driven. And, you know, if it's stats, it's stats. And Tony Khan's a stats guy, whatever. But then you look at WWE. I can't be, you know, this time last year, we would not be saying this. No. You look at WWE, and they've genuinely, for probably the wrong reasons, but they've genuinely made women's wrestling a draw and a focal point of the way they book. And it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go, oh, yeah, it was good. What, what a match. I'm not, that was genuinely a great match. I genuinely preferred the women's Money in the Bank ladder match yeah. over most of the stuff that happened that night because of the characters and the story and the investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, AEW just doesn't have that. It was one of the things I brought up both on the Collision and Raw podcast mm. this, this week where you look at someone like Becky Lynch on Raw, and she has been the focal point of her own stories throughout the entire year. She was not, feuding not with t- Bailey, Not with a title. Not with a title. And yeah, there was like the women's tag titles mm-hmm. that kind of got inserted and then pulled out of the story. But ultimately, the story has been Becky versus Bailey, and then Becky versus Trish, and they've just been telling a story with both of those, whether it be the history back in NXT with the former, or the lack of respect being shown for Trish. And those are both just very simple, very easy to tell stories that don't have to involve anything else, but it shows that these stars are big enough and are given enough credit and focus to hold water and go and be able to be a focal point of your show and we've never seen that in AEW. What would you do? That. <laughs> I would I honestly like what I'm scared are... is is they'll just go Rampage is now the women's show. Yeah. Which I'm not a fan of, but it gives them a full hour, but it's it's almost segregation, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
ultimately, like, you just need to start booking these stories a little bit harder. Mm. Like, not every... I get that you have two singles women's titles. And there are often only so many people in their mind that they can involve in those stories, given that they're, you know, singles feuds and such. What I was really hoping that they would end up doing this year and everything was with the inclusion and the formation of the outcasts and a few of these yeah. other seemingly faction, like uh, a loose mm. uh, partnership of the AEW original women. I was hoping that this would lead to something I gave them big props for like a year ago, which was the inclusion of all these factions, meaning more people could get on TV mm -hmm. and start to just build more stories with more different people involved. And since then, like, yeah, you've got the outcasts running around, but we haven't really seen that. We haven't seen more stories building with Ruby Soho and this person or yeah. Soraya and this person. And you're waiting for all these different combinations, giving more people chances to have different matches be built up to. We haven't seen that. So I'm not just going to go out there and say, put everybody in a faction and it'll mm -hmm. sort itself out. But I think a concerted effort to just tell more thoughtful stories and have more people on TV, I think would be a huge step. I think that's why this match was was so frustrating. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, you had the... It was a sloppy match yeah. um, because of whatever. Yeah, you had the punctuation of the sign at the end. Yep. But then also, Tyre is coming off this heel turn. Mm -hmm. Like, literally out of nowhere, Saturday on Collision. She's like, I am a heel now. So, okay, I really like Ty Valkyrie. I think mm -hmm. she's really got a presence about her. I like her offense. Not like the smoothest worker, but I actually enjoy, like in this match, when she's just started laying an elbows after a botch. Yeah. I was like, well, I like that. Yeah. Um, Good way to try and capitalize mm -hmm. on a bad moment. Try and recover the, the momentum. So the, the outcome of this first time ever match, Britt Baker, one of the more protected stars, Ty Valkyrie, fresh off a heel turn, was just Britt Baker wins clean with a lockjaw. Yeah. Ty taps immediately. And then it was like, oh, so nothing progresses. Nothing's yeah. changed. I don't know, like, maybe <clears throat> this is heading towards Britt versus Tony Storm for the title at Wembley. It feels like they're building Britt. Yeah, yeah which... I think there has been, I've, I've heard uh, uh, criticism of AEW that they've been beating Britt Baker far too much. And I do tend to agree with mm. that, just that it doesn't really feel like anybody in the women's division right now is protected. If someone like Jade was on TV, for example, yeah. that might be different. But there aren't those people where it's like, oh, you beat that person? That's a big deal. Mm. It felt like they kind of brought Britt Baker down a level when they had moved the AEW title onto some other people. So it is good to see that getting built up, but I've seen really nothing as of late that would lead me to believe the outcasts are on a collision course with Britt Baker. Like she had her her had her match with Ruby Soho and that sort of thing, but there just hasn't been enough to really punctuate that mm. that's the direction. That's the end goal. She's going to take down the outcasts and take that title back and all that. Yeah. We haven't seen it. It's uh, it's disappointing.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's have a look at your Omega Chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Have your constructive criticism heard here. We'll work through them. Martial Arts. Hello. Long time viewer and patron. AEW is an amplification of the indies. And the poor booking of the women's division in AEW can also be found in the majority of indies. It's like the only thought they put into that booking is, have we checked the obligatory women's matchbox yet? Weak. This is why I took matters into my own hands and founded my own promotion, Fury, all women's pro wrestling. Check out our debut show on November 11th in Stuttgart, the Valkyrie Cup, I think. Thanks for the cheap plug, but uh, seriously, something needs to change drastically. Wow. Well, that's... that's uh, Taking matters into their own hands. Hella constructive. Yeah. I'm going to book an all women's promotion. <laughs> well, hopefully you have a... Uh, a token men's match on, <laughs> just to sort of balance it out in like the Barbie and Ken world. Uh, Akerto, I counted how many minutes women's wrestling matches has gotten across Dynamite and SmackDown so far this year, excluding this Dynamite episode. 187 minutes for SmackDown and 217 for Dynamite. AEW needs to do a lot better, but so does SmackDown. Well, yes. <clears throat> I mean... Have you listened to Sat? Who, yeah, yeah. Who happens to accompany me on the Saturday podcast? He will say every single week that where are the other women's division mm. matches? I mean, I've been bitching about the women's division on SmackDown the entire year. It's just been not good. It's all over on Raw, isn't it? You've yeah. got Rhea Ripley, you've got Becky Lynch, Trish. You just have you Charlotte, Charlotte showing up mm-hmm. out of nowhere and being like, I want a title <laughs> match. And Adam Pierce telling Bianca Belair, well, I can't just give yeah. you a title match. Like, why not? God, even like Ronda and Shane are on Raw. Yeah. Mm. There's nothing there. 
Uh, Zoob121. My idea is replacing Rampage with a dedicated women's show. <laughs> Have writers specifically for that show to create great storylines for the women, integrate them on premium live events for big matches, but keep them separate. Ratings might be an issue, however. Yeah, I reckon <laughs> so. Yeah. I think, uh, I think really you want to train the AEW audience to see these women as credible and good characters and stuff. And you need to do that by putting them on the A show. Yeah. Or the whatever collision is the other a show yeah the a1 and a2 shows not rampage Um, yeah it just if you just started by taking a wrestler and telling a story about them and making them an in-depth character Mm. like so many of the men's wrestlers are like who in the women's division is is a character on the level of like mjf or John Moxley or Brian Danielson or CM Punk or any of these people. I feel like Ruby Ruby's is probably the, the closest. closest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, others like Jade, great, great presentation, but actually one dimensional yeah. as a character because she's just, I'm big and strong. Same with Brit. Like, yeah. I am a dentist, but I, I'm cool and badass. Like, there's no psychological complexity there. Yeah. Jordan Amos. Hi, guys. Had a thought that Tony books one great show and one okay show each week. If Dynamite is great, then Collision is just okay and vice versa. Could be a way of letting big matches breathe. Two out of three falls, blood and guts. And now Saturday's Big Collision. Thoughts? Maybe. Maybe he only has the spoons to do one good show a week. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know how he even manages to book one good show a week. The amount he's got going on, the amount of time he's been doing this, I really think other bookers should take the lead. Will Washington. Or us. Yeah, or us. Yeah. God, can you imagine? We'd be so bad. We'd instantly fail. (coughs) Yeah, probably. And we wouldn't be able to criticize from our comfy chairs anymore. I think I can do it. (laughs) Give me the book for two months and I'll see what I can do. Eldemer's. The comments team said that Pack, uh, the commentary team said that Pack was a man. Gravity did forget. Maybe this is being a secret message of Tony the Khan CEO. The women are the division. Tony <laughs> forgot. Maybe hard to remember with so much on his plate. Somebody needs to check him in. Help him. Uh, and Riga, I think the whole we need to we need stories not focused around titles is a problem for later. By which I mean, can we at least start with stories for the titles? <laughs> if they point. built a solid story for both women's championships, that'd at least be two women's stories on TV. You're not yeah. wrong. Or keep getting in your Omega Chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them. Over five US dollars while we talk about the rest of the show, which opened with Orange Cassidy versus Darb... Fox. Darby Allen's trainer, AR Fox. Darbar Fox. AR Fox. For the International Championship. Great. I thought this match ruled. So good. Absolutely ruled. Did, did you feel like this was the Defy show? Yes, and I love it. Because I'll be honest, Defy was one of my favorite indie promotions when I was back home. This absolutely plays to my interests. And I will I will say, because a lot of people will come on these podcasts and leave comments and everything about like, oh, I'm not, I'm not fair to WWE or AEW, whatever. It, each of these shows are tailored for a specific kind of fan's tastes. 
AEW Dynamite often is a show for someone like my taste. I love watching stories about guys like Darby Allen and AR Fox and Swerve and seeing that all this history has still come up. Nick Wayne, yeah. all this history is still coming up from the indies because I was someone who was paying attention to that. And just getting to see AR Fox have a great championship match in front of a hot crowd on national television, I was like, hey, wrestling's mm -hmm. winning. Wrestling wins today. It was really good. Uh, the opening video package had Darby putting over AR Fox, which is really good, helpful yeah. to get over Fox's character. They should do more stuff like this. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're, what, like five They've months into They've been doing Fox. these with the, the Defy have. guys yeah, specifically. Yeah. Like they did one exactly like this with Nick Wayne yeah. just a couple weeks ago. It is, it does feel like, I mean, my one other potential reason for the women's division stuff is I feel like Tony Khan is a great matchmaker. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I will put this person against this person. And my mind will explode thinking, I, know, I would never have done that. And I really want to see it now. Amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, Rev Pro's a lot like that as well. Right. But I think when it comes to storylines, it sounds like it's quite wrestler driven. And mm. people have spoken about this. It was, uh, who was the hybrid two? Uh, Angelico and Jack Evans. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it was Jack Evans said, yeah, like it's kind of my fault. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's always going to Tony with ideas and stuff and I just I'm not that sort of guy so I didn't go to him with any ideas I go you don't get booked in these cool storylines of course Tony's the guy signing off on which ones he uses mm -hmm. but I don't think it's any coincidence that MJF consistently has the best stories for me and they're all kind of the same mm. I think they're very driven by MJF yeah uh, same with like Mox same by Danielson Punk maybe the women just aren't getting that kind of face time to say this is my match pitch, this is mm. my storyline pitch. Could well be because I, I have feel, no idea, but I, I feel like someone from Defy is essentially like probably Darby because mm. he's presumably very well respected by Tony. Khan. Seems very creative as well. Yeah, he's like, let me do Defy, and every every couple of weeks you get an episode of Dynamite that is thirty percent Defy stuff. Love it with Swerve, like you know when he came back at the with the embassy stuff a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, it was very good. Last year we had Brody King and Darby Allen. <clears throat> That's a Defy feud. Oh, I didn't think of that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this was a great match. Orange Cassidy is just phenomenal. AR Fox, flippy, flippy dude our day. A lot of kind of flips that I've not seen before. Mm. You know? New like, flips. Yeah. New, new flips. It was really cool. Like, he swept the legs out from under Darby Allen with his own legs while caught in the ropes and then did, like, a sunset flip mm. and picked him up into a suplex. I'd never seen anything <laughs> like that. And there was a lot of just very fluid, mm. very crisp offense like that. He felt like a guy who was just the smoothest wrestler on this day. I love yeah. AR Fox. And honestly, I was having a conversation with Pete about this earlier today. I don't know if the if the year ended today. I don't know who my wrestler of the year would be in the Wrestle Talk Awards, but I would absolutely have Orange Cassidy very oh, near the top yeah. of the list. Like yeah. this is one of the great mid card title runs of all time. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Orange retained with a technical pin, the mouse trap, which was really well done after all the crazy zaniness. Twenty seven defenses. Yep, a record for the international title, but. Surely, other than Jade's TBS title, 
Who's had 27 successful title defenses? I can't think of anybody. Yeah. I think there was someone who was close, and then he beat them a few ago. Right. There was like 24 or something like that was the last record. So afterwards, Orange wants to show some respect. He puts the sunglasses onto AR Fox. AR Fox poses, but then behind Cassidy's back, takes them off, snaps them, puts them in his fist. So it's like a loaded fist. And he decks Cassidy. Good heel turn. Really good heel mm. turn. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, I wouldn't take this. I wouldn't yeah. take this if I was AR Fox. Yeah. Like you just get beat. Because all it's a different kind of story that you have with someone like AR Fox. And this is why I'm really excited for what comes next in all this. But it's so interesting that you can have somebody challenge for Orange Cassidy's title, who's like kind of a young up and comer, like a, a Daniel Garcia mm -hmm. type guy, for for example. Yeah, yeah. And they lose and they're upset, but they're like, I'll get another one. And then you have a journeyman wrestler who's mm. been around and has trained everybody yeah. and has never gotten their shot. And he gets his championship match and then loses and is still expected to smile and do a pose after. I was like, no, you would be pissed, wouldn't yeah. you? It just makes it that much more like realistic to me. That's good. I like that. Hopefully they use that in the, yeah. the, the promo when he explains all this. Darby comes down. He's like, what the hell are you doing? I organized this match for you. You're meant to be a good guy. And they're sort of having a tiff when Moxley runs in and murders Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Fun. Very fun. That's so I I think long obviously there was some ROH shenanigans with Cassidy and Blackpool Combat Club. Blackpool Combat Club are taking on best friends who are Cassidy affiliated in this episode's main event. So that's just Mox being Mox. Mm -hmm. But I really hope it builds to a Moxley versus Cassidy right? international title match. Just, that blows is, my mind. Is Mox winning this title? I think, possibly. I think there's a really good shot if they book that match. That could be all in. Could be. Do a big title change. Yeah. Orange Cassidy goes down in defeat. Um, so after that, we had Jericho and Callis backstage. Don Callis is kind of manipulating Chris here. He said he's booked Jericho into Keshta. Tag match. See how it feels. Uh, and the opponents are Sammy Garcia, Sammy Garcia, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Mm -hmm. Jericho's initially a bit like, what? And Callis is like, hey, look, you said you wanted them to fly the nest. It's the perfect way to build them up. Really good work yeah. from Callis. I'm, I'm, well, that almost goes without saying at this mm. point. It's never bad work from Don Callis, but I'm really into this story. It's funny because I've not been terribly into what Jericho's been doing this year. You know, yeah. he's had good matches here and there, but I, I'm ready for some sort of change. And I think this change could very well be what's kind of next for Jericho. And I having a, a really fun manager and wrestler pairing where they can both cut mm. promos, like, again, like a, a Heyman and Punk or like a Bachwinkle and Heenan to date myself here. <laughs> It's really exciting. Yeah. And I've heard like talk that you could do the Golden Lovers against Takeshita and Jericho at one of the big shows coming up. I think that's fun. Yeah. I don't know that I wouldn't rather see a singles match between any of those people. But maybe you do a tag match on one and do Omega, Takeshita, and mm -hmm. Ibushi, Jericho on the other. I think those are both big marquee matches. A lot of options yeah. when you've got that many stars in one storyline. Very well to get played. over to Kestra as well. Yeah, the, the long in the long run. Um, Callis also got Jericho a very homoerotic painting of them both looking up at 
the bad news brown bad yeah. news alan um and Callis is like i know the perfect place to put this setting that up for later hook gets a little vignette he's shown on a subway uh platform and the train goes past and when it's gone the ftw title has disappeared and then it just says hook above him felt like the opening credits to hook sitcom <laughs> <laughs> like hook is just he's just a guy trying yeah. to make it in new york <laughs> but he's lost his dad's belt what what can't go wrong for hook yeah. speaking of of where they were i think it was in the opener so i don't want to lose it <clears throat> excalibur said that after his win orange cassidy should go and treat himself to some steamed hands because that's a Simpsons reference. Nice. Because Skinner with the steamed hams mm. and everything says it's an Albany expression, and that's where they were. Uh, I was like, that is an A-plus reference, <laughs> Mr. Excalibur. Uh, Claudio cut a promo on Pack backstage with Wheeler Utah. Uh, I'm not finished with you stuff. And then Mox interrupted, explaining his beatdown of Cassidy, saying, we're going to beat up everyone. We're the yeah. Blackpool Combat Club. We're tweeners again, I think. They're not out and out heels. I have no idea. Would have been nice to play. You hear the report that the end of Blood and Guts was cut, which was essentially Blackpool Combat yeah, Club shaking hand, hands yeah. because they ran out of time. But that's very important for the yeah. story. So why not just play that as a clip in this? I probably would have. Mm. It's not my show. Jungle Boy comes out for an in ring promo. He's wearing Hook's t shirt, but it says, I beat. And then Hook. A lot of black and orange. Yeah. And uh, in-ring promo. Got some decent heat from the crowd. And he starts burying ECW because of Taz. This brings out Jerry Lynn, AEW producer. I always think of Jerry Lynn more of a Ring of Honor guy, weird. Yeah. Uh, and Of course you would. Jerry Lynn's like, I disagree. And Jungle <laughs> Boy's like, you're old. And they're going to have a face-to-face next week. I thought that's what they had this week. Yeah. I always love that. It's just like, and next week we'll see them face to face. Like they were face to face on this show and nothing happened. Next week. More of the same. What what does this build to, do you reckon? Who from ECW can uh, they bring in? I, just, I I can't remember who said it, but I saw on Reddit someone go, Rob Van Dam. Ooh, that's fun, actually. I like that. Yeah. I've been wondering when Rob Van Dam does a cameo mm. appearance in ECW. I mean, Sabu's now canon, isn't it's he? True. Uh I Look, ECW reunions, I used to love more than anything. Mm -hmm. That was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then you saw Hardcore Justice (laughs) in TNA, and you never wanted to see one again. And then, like, you know, every in the the late noughties, obviously one night stands, but then in the late noughties, you'd occasionally get an ECW thing. And then even in the early teens, I think there was a few ECW, WWE factions like right, dreamer yeah, dreamer the dudleys and yeah, rhino were rhino. with the wyatts at one point exactly yeah stuff like that and tna just hammered it into the ground every year it felt like i feel like they're still doing it yeah like dreamer and bully ray are feuding right now dude let it go yeah um which it sounds so mean to say but i i now associate ecw storylines with the legends with creative bankruptcy. Right. So this, I'm not excited for this at all. And I love Jerry Lynn. Mm-hmm. And I really love ECW. 
But yeah, not like this for me. Yeah, it, it was fine. I wasn't super crazy about the. Oh, there's someone I could bring in. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't in love with this segment. You know, I thought it was fine. But like, you know, Jungle Boy is still, you know, a work in progress on the mic, yeah. even if he is a heel and got good heat. Jerry Lynn coming out was kind of like, huh, didn't see that coming. Mm. Again, if it builds to something that's a cool match on paper and is able to be delivered as a cool match, I will be more than fine with it. But. This is low on my list of things that I'm looking forward to every week on Dynamite. Britt got a promo with Renee. She called TBS The Brit Show. Mm-hmm. That Brit Show she that should have gone Brit for. Show. That Brit Show. Listen, just start teasing something for the future. Mm-hmm. Do Britain and Jade at some well, point yeah, in the yeah, future. The, uh, in a TBS initials yeah. match. Pac then took on Gravity. The Aha. joke here being Pac used to be called the man that Gravity forgot. Gravity... Uh, oh, this really made me crack up. So Gravity's shtick, he's kind of an astronaut. So yeah. he's going, Ooh. He's doing the moonwalk. Moon, like, yeah. Well, no, the moonwalk Not is... Not the walk backwards moonwalk, <laughs> but a zero do, gravity I don't think you can walk. do that anymore. No? Well, it's... Because of... What are we getting at? Who did the moonwalk and can't do it anymore? M- MJ did the moonwalk. Yeah? But people can do the moonwalk still? Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter because... Grav- that's the opposite of gravity. It's true. <laughs> that's he all should be gravity. really like Zelda, the, the magnetic the iron boots, boots, the, yeah, the yeah. iron boots to get into the Zora Lake. You know, <laughs> it should be that. He can't lift up his feet. Anyway, it doesn't matter because Taz goes. Don't know why he's doing slow motion. <laughs> Taz, it's, it's like Jerry Lawler at a Royal Rumble. Be like, I don't, un- I don't understand it. Or Pat McAfee being like, <laughs> Uncle Howdy. Well, howdy duty to you. I love Taz. I love, love Taz. Um, this, I, I thought this would be more. Maybe yeah. that's on me. Um, but I don't yeah. really know Gravity, but I know he is a high-flying luchador, meant to be quite exciting. We've had a lot of those this year, and they've all been fun. Like just Apparently he's Bandito's brother. Oh, no kidding. I didn't know that until they said it on commentary. Oh my God, that, that family has a knack for cool masks. Yeah. Like, Bandito's got the coolest mask ever, as far as I'm concerned. And while this might, it's a bit beekeeper-y, it is different. Mm-hmm. It's like an astronaut helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> I'm a fan of the mask. Yeah. Good physique. Seems to be pretty good in the ring. But didn't get much here. Uh, really, just a few minutes of TV time. Most of it an ad break. Pack uh, hit a awesome brain buster off, like, the second rope, I think. Straight into a brutalizer. This was more to get over Pack than anything, yeah. he's which back, I'm okay everybody. with. Yeah, God, he's in, he's incredible. Uh, I thought Blackpool Combat Club would get involved. Um, I don't think that's on me because they explicitly said that. Yeah, we're not finished <laughs> with you for now. Yeah, yeah. It was funny though. Pack kept going to to Gravity and like would face wash him and be like forget me not uh, forget me not it's like you know that your name is not tied to this guy right <laughs> but it was funny he's a bastard he is a bastard and they tied in the joke of the the match mm-hmm. the match being booked into the match itself so i did like that yeah we got mjf and adam cole's latest installment um just like it's the best stuff it is the best story in aew yeah like by far like Bloodline, of course, have uh, loads more characters, loads more depth, years of stuff driving into it. But my God, like 
I'm all in for long, long-term storylines now. And each week, this is just the most compelling stuff on mm-hmm. the programming. I don't want it to end next month. Nope. Give this a year. Actually, though, I have no reason to cut this short. Yeah. Like, when you, again, it's a Sami Zayn type thing. When you find something that works, you roll with it. Mm. And I must go back. I don't want to tie everything back to what we said at the beginning, but... When you talk about multi-dimensional characters and how they improve these shows and storylines, look at MJF. Yeah. He's the most compelling character on this show. I thought he caught a fantastic promo on FTR. A babyface promo. Everything that he and Cole and Roddy did, I was sat in my chair going, oh, that's incredible. Such a great little segment. Usually when a show advertises and we'll hear from MJF and Adam Cole. I'm like, okay, well, it'll be a promo. And then it was an interview from last Wednesday recorded after the match last Wednesday. So they're not even on the show. Usually when I see that last week or earlier today, my mind kind of turns off a bit. Right. This was still, this was by far the best thing on the show, even with that stuff. Max has a ability to go from goofy chicken s word comedy into serious in the same segment sometimes Mm -hmm. unlike anything i've ever seen like the danielson feud just being the more recent example goofy 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 oh my god this is really serious he's insulting their kids and that's what we got here with it was coming along like uh you know the the double clothes line Mm -hmm. the spicy food all those skits they've done this was full on serious. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like when they won the little tournament and everything, as soon as that team and FTR are in the mm. ring, I was like, Ooh, this is heated. Yeah, yeah. Like you could just feel there was palpable tension in that ring. And that ultimately I think is what <laughs> makes for the best pro wrestling is people yeah. with real heat making money with it. And my God, Goodness, like it's so spicy. It's so they're they're going back and forth. It's a trigger word for me right now. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Um, Hey, I didn't win any of those rounds. It's spoilers Mm. for spicy. Neither did I. Should have. Should have. Regardless, MJF cuts a promo on FTR here, and he he. He, he lets Cash kind of off the hook here. He just says like, oh, Cash, you got a mullet in 2023. Uh, you make women sick. That's all. <laughs> that's the extent of Cash Wheeler for MJF. But then he starts going in on Dax. And he starts saying that I'm tired of looking at your Mr. Clean Yosemite Sam looking ass. <laughs> I'm going to load up this fist and punch you so hard in the mouth it'll make you spit out CM Punk's jockstrap. What a line. And my God. <laughs> from all I know people that would have popped big for that one. Yeah. All of the anti FTR people yeah. on Twitter. Oh my God. This is my kind of thing. And what really popped me in this entire segment was the end. Mm. Like the very last line of this. Because Roderick Strong then comes in and he just immediately like pushes MJF. He's like, what do you think you're doing? I see the look in your eyes. He knows that MJF's going to turn on Cole or something of that nature. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. They're having a real heart-to-heart. Cole says he wants to... To just talk to Max. It's like, you don't have to worry about me and the end and the world title. I was just giving it to you. You're becoming one of my best 
friends. Mm. And MJF's like really taking this to heart. MJF says, you know what? After this title match, win, lose, or draw, I'm going to give you a rematch for the AEW world title because I know how much it means to you. And I'm like, oh my God, like, where are we going with this? I did not see that coming. That genuinely floored me. And it's, I love it when they do something better that I've not even considered. And and that's what that is. I'm like, that's why you're professionals. That's, that's what you should be doing. I'm just in awe of that, of that creative decision. I don't know where they go with it. No idea. And that's exciting. Because I, it's almost like I give the benefit of the doubt in specific, like segment by segment basis, and anything that has to do with MJF, I'm just like, you know what? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. This is gonna work out. Because Roddy then comes in pushing MJF, and immediately MJF is like seeing red. He's fighting this guy. They're pushing each other back and forth. Adam Cole's trying to play peacemaker and separate them, and he's like, Max, I'll be right there. Just let me talk to him. And Roddy's like, you're making a mistake. He's gonna turn on you. And Adam Cole says. Roddy, I love you like a brother, but I have other friends. You're being clingy. You need to accept that I'm going to make my own choices, and you have to trust me to make them. And he goes to turn to leave, and Roddy grabs his arm, and Cole just yells at him, Hey, boundaries, which is exactly what he was telling MJF at the start of this little team. I heard him say boundaries, and I gasped. Brilliantly told story. (sighs) Really good. So one of the part, yeah, that's that's that bit. But I mean, there's so many layers to all of this. It's, yeah. it's only like five minutes of TV time, if that. And we could probably talk about it for the full hour, I think. But Max also, in his rundown of Dax, also did a, an impression of Dax. He a brilliant impression. Which was, I won't do the accent, um, but doing what Dax usually goes to in his promos. I love my family. I love my daughter. I love this business. Very well done. Very good takedown. So when it goes to the FTR promo later, also recorded last Wednesday. So you've got this dramatic irony there. I don't, it's really strange. I don't know if the MJF Cole one was recorded a week earlier. I felt like that one was from the show and the FTR one was recorded a week earlier and played after. I thought it was strange because that one had like the blood and guts, everything Mm. all over it. And this one, and the Adam Cole and MJF one didn't. Well, it, just, it said last Wednesday on both. Okay, I'll check again. I'm pretty sure. Strange either way. But then Dax says in his retort promo, not having heard what we've just heard, if you say anything about my wife or daughter, I will pull your goddamn eyes out. Yep. I'm like, he does say something about your <laughs> wife or daughter. <laughs> and we know that now, but you don't. Dax and MJF in that ring on, on Saturday night. Hell of a collision. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking for... So most have looked forward to a collision, actually. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Really excellent stuff. Incredible. Um, After that, we got Swerve versus Derby. Match of the night for me on Dynamite. God. (laughs) I was marking out in the office watching this. I had Datsun and Pete and everybody just like looking over their shoulder. I'd be like, no, no, no. no. You got to come and see this one. There were like... Four or five moments in this that had me jumping out of my seat. Do you want to list them? It we was. Can compare, we can compare spots. They, they set up the stairs on the outside, and they often will do this with Darby. Well, well, they will send Darby into something, and he will do his jump and forward roll over it, turn around, and swerve. Ran up the steps and mm-hmm. jumped and hit a giant swerve kick. 
I picture perfect. Mm. I love these guys. I love Swerve. I say it on every show that I review. Love it. That was one. Darby went for a, a suicide spear, and it looked like he just hit it, stopped, and head planted right into the into the ground. But he was fine. Did it again on the other side. Went for the suicide dive. Swerve catches him with a knee. Oh. Incredible. And then Swerve hits a Death Valley driver on the apron that looked like it actually killed him. Yeah, all of those. I'd add the uh, Last Supper pin kick out at two yep. as well, given their history together. Just excellent. Great. Swerve hit the Swerve stomp for a new Yeah, ball. yeah, God, yeah. Um, so the finish, however, was a hooded man attacks Darby after that, that apron uh, mm. DVD, wasn't it? And... It, it was obviously AR Fox. You yeah. can see that right away. Swerve got the win, and uh, yeah, AR Fox joins the embassy, freshly turned heel with Swerve. Fox looked great. I think he, he it feels right with Swerve, unlike you know the Parker Boudreaux or whoever yeah. it was Trench. I think his name was weird things yeah. earlier. Um, but yeah, and and they beat up Nick Wayne too. So we've got this direction we can take where it's another sort of faction multiple match possibilities Darby and Nick Wayne on one side AR Fox and Swerve on the other I love it I think this is a perfect fit mm. I'm really excited to now see AR Fox like yeah. get to do something with a little bit more meat to it mm. again I spoke off the top about what I was hoping to see out of them and their explanation for this turn and everything in the weeks to come I hope they do that this is good mm. stuff. I'm all for Defy Wrestling on my AEW. Mm. I would still like Swerve to get around to facing Keith Lee at some point. <laughs> but in the meantime, you I asked too much. I asked too much. I could go for seeing Swerve and Darby Allen like every week. Yeah. These guys are great together. So Hager left the JAS last week. It was a surprisingly emotional moment. Gave when him he, his hat. Yeah, when he handed over his hat. And this week, the rest of JAS confronted Jericho. So in the in the JAS locker room. And what is there? It's the painting that Callis has hung up. Obviously as a way to drive a further wedge between Jericho and his faction. So Daddy Magic, uh, Cool Hand Angelo Parker. I've written Cool Hand Luke here, but of course that's <laughs> the Paul Newman movie. Anna Jay and a very pregnant Tay Mello. Uh, yeah, they, they sort of shouted at Jericho and walked off. Mm -hmm. Daddy Magic is really underrated isn't he as a he promo. really is it's funny because when you think of a daddy magic promo you think of like the really animated <laughs> what you know make, make, make like daddy nipples hard ah all that you, that's what you think of but when he is just kind of like quiet mm. and kind of more to the point where i was expecting like kind of the, the emotional core where he's the last one to stick around and just be like listen man we all need you or something mm. like that you know you have a quick heart to heart but he just said like yeah it looks easy for you Sort it out and fast. And just like, bang, right to the point, right to the heart of the situation, and left. And I was like, you know, I got more out of maybe your one line yeah. than I got out of, you know, everybody else that was in the room. Definitely. He's very underrated as a promo. Uh, we got some, well, then it was the women's match. Then we got the rundown of the hundred other matches that happened in the next two weeks. One of which being the Tag Team Battle Royal on Friday's episode of Rampage, where the winners will face the winners of the tag team title match, including the Hardys are back. Jeff Hardy's back, yeah, oh God. Woo. again. He, he, well, they're not going to Canada anytime soon now. Mm -hmm. I bet they're going to win. I don't know who else in that yeah. match is going to win. 
Well, this is the problem. This kind of combines into the main event. So the main event was the Best Friends versus Blackpool Combat Club, which was Claudio and Mox versus the Lucha Bros. Like, yes, what a match. Yeah. Love that lineup. But main event of Dynamite Worthy with no storyline or stakes? Like, why isn't this the number one contenders match? Right. Yeah. You've got Claudio and Mox in this match. And then on the Tag Team Battle Royal on Friday, it's the Hardys and about five lower mid-card teams. Yeah. And then it's also like, where are the Bucks? Which was I, I, that was my question on this whole show. Yeah, like another Where's the whole thing. elite right now. I thought it was a really poor follow up to Blood and Guts. Yeah, it was like it didn't happen. Yeah, like here's Blackpool Combat Club, and their focus is just somewhere else. Yeah, there's no Takeshita. Don's just concerned with Jericho. No Abushi. No none. None of the elite. Not even a promo. Just got a little recap package. Yeah, yeah, really bad follow up. But yeah, just like. I thought this was a fun match. It was very chaotic, but I d- it's surprising to get something that feels so pointless. Yeah, kind of. Dynamite. It was so strange because we've not seen the Lucha Brothers in tag matches on Dynamite or any AEW programming in a very long time. They have been the Ring of Honor team for the last little while, and they both had singles matches with Powerhouse Hobbs when he was TNT champion, but that was months ago now. Yeah. And to just have them back on the show, kind of out of nowhere, picking up a win out of nowhere, I was like, this is a funny show sometimes, Mm. you know? Just, like, I would love to just have someone explain the thought process of all this. Because it's a great match. Like, it's a really fun little match. I'm not going to complain about the match itself. It did kind of feel like more of a top-of-the-hour match than the main event, given the lack of stakes and or story but it was just odd it was an odd choice for a main event and main event winner i might have missed it if they mentioned it on commentary but lucha bros and pack yeah like i I felt like that was gonna play into something with the blackpool combat club and claudio earlier there was just a lot of felt unfocused um which yeah like you said if this was at the top of the hour i don't think i'd have any criticism yeah but because it's got the high profile bit on what was elsewhere a filler show i I felt felt like it was a big missed opportunity finish was fun though Casty comes out mox goes after him so more building potentially towards that international title match trent hit a pile driver on claudio claudio's not the legal man penta runs in pile driver on trent penta wins so we'll have penta versus mox versus trent i think next week yeah AEW Originals is what they have put it uh, put it out as. And it's good. And I, I also want to put over that I don't think I would have probably as much of an issue with this being the match we get in the main event here. If, again, we had anything announced for our next show. Yeah. Like, it felt like kind of a waste of a week almost. Yeah. Which... I don't. I think might be a little bit harsh, given that we had tremendous uh, progression with like Ar Fox and and everything there. Another really good title match with Orange Cassidy, as well as some really fun backstage stuff with MJF and and Adam Cole and all that. And that's obviously building to a match this week. And maybe after Collision, mm-hmm. then we'll get the match announcements for the big shows. But still, we're like really getting close. And it is one of my big criticisms of AEW is they really seem to just 
throw together the official card for a pay-per-view, like either the week before or the week of, I am kind of more inclined to enjoy when the matches are kind of announced a month out yeah. and then you can do promos and build up to it a little bit more once it's announced and talk about, oh, you and me at the pay-per-view and blah, blah, blah. We've gotten none of that in AEW recently. It's just, I don't know. It's it's something that sets them apart in my mind that I'm not a huge fan of. I agree. Overall, I gave this 70%, which is 3.5 out of 5. I think that's about right. But it's actually like the third lowest I've ever given a Dynamite. Wow. Not a bad show. No. Uh, apart from the women's stuff, but a missed opportunity of a show. You had a you had a great show. Like last week's Blood and Guts was in my top five yep. of, since I've been doing the ratings. And then this is the follow up. I'm just. Yeah. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> They've done that before though. Yeah. They'll yeah. follow up I thought they might huge have <laughs> shows with nothing shows. And it's frustrating, mm. but just, uh, what can you do really? I see Luke Owen has. I've just seen something. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Fun stuff. So go, please go over to Patreon. Uh, loads of exclusive content over there, including mine and Luke's review of Victory Road 2009. One of the worst pay per views in the history <laughs> of wrestling. We had a very good time. Of course, it had the Charmel and Jenna match. Mm -hmm. did, did you hear when I went over to watch the pay per view on TNA's YouTube channel? Loads of the top comments were. Who's here because of Pete Bryan? Hey! Uh, uh, Pete Tempest and me. Yeah. Worst match ever here on the WrestleTalk Podcast channel. Check it out. But we've done all of our Pledgehammer shoutouts, uh, so please become a Hammer on Patreon. You can get a shout out next month. So let's go straight into the Omega Chats, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support last Final call. call. Ding, 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 ding. Bizarro Big L. AEW needs to learn from WWE's strengths and weaknesses. Women need more time, but we don't need anyone buried like Asuka or the women's tag division. They need to find new stories that stick. And Ollie, AR Fox was never in Defy. He is from Connecticut. Yeah, yeah but he feels like he's in the mix. AR Fox is not the Defy guy. It's the, mm. it's Nick Wayne, it's Darby Allen, it's Swerve. Those kind of guys are tying tying that bit of the story in. But he is uh, Defy adjacent. Feels honorary. Yeah. Uh, yep, so we've got a chat here from Luke Owen. Uh, it says donated all the dollars. I doubt he's done that, but thank you anyway, Luke. Why are you watching wrestling <laughs> on your week off? I'm glad I got this off my chest last week when I was around to do so. But this has been a problem with... It's caps. This company since day one. I don't know if it's a WBD call to have only have one match per episode or it's a TK thing. ROH is run with Athena and having more than one woman's match per card would suggest it's the former rather than the latter. But that's only one case study. I don't know what the answer is, but I hope that when Jamie Hayter is back, we can get this outcast story back on track. However, that's only one story. And it's a story that wasn't being told well even before the injury. This company told us that they would do better and they should be doing better. Do better is one of uh, my most hated phrases, as I told you earlier. Yes, and that's how he's ended it. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't isn't Luke, he sums it up though? Yeah, that's yeah, it's exactly how we all feel. I think um, he's a lot more like intelligent, written down, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> Miss you, Luke. Can't wait for you to be back. Uh, Riga. 
One thing I was excited for was the women joining male factions like Julia Hart, Anna Jay, etc. BCC taking on a woman has been talked about for, has it? For ages? Uh, I remember when it all came together, there was a lot of people talking about how Serena Deeb would fit in with the faction perfectly. Uh, Sure, yeah, Mm. but like we've never really seen anything of that. I think both of those women are hurt at the Mm. moment. Well, Layla Hirsch has been hurt for like a year and a half, but maybe. Wasn't she back recently? Was she? I don't know, maybe I've been. Paying that close attention, then. While more dedicated stories would be nice, the opportunity for mixed integrated stories is also right there. Yeah. Yeah. There's another way you can do it. Uh, Aaron Bilal, so glad we're finally getting into this topic. I remember during the pandemic when Big Swole and Diamante had a six-week feud ending in a three-stages match that happened exclusively on Dark. Hopefully things pick up from here, jam at jam. I don't think it will. We've been saying yeah. this for four years. Yeah. And it, every time we think there's, oh, this is the bit, it hasn't been. Yeah. I think I've also been hoping for a lot of the, the women to get more TV time as they've been getting reps mm-hmm. because they did bring on a lot of very inexperienced women who obviously had a lot of upside. People like an Anna J, a Sky Blue early on in their careers a few years ago. And now, especially in the case of Sky Blue, we are seeing her get a lot more yeah, TV definitely. time as it comes. But I think in the case of like a number of the other people on the roster, there's kind of a reason more of their matches were happening on dark. And it was cause they need reps. Cause as much as you want to see a lot of these matches on dynamite and have the big blow offs of feuds and stuff, a lot of the time it maybe is better that these things are happening on what dark was, which mm-hmm. was basically a developmental <clears throat> show of just like, Hey, everybody gets practice, go in there yeah. and wrestle in front of crowds. I think that might've been a better shot for some people at different times over the last few years. But now, as people get a little more experienced, I'd like to see them do more. Blake Whitehouse. Honestly, I think Orange Cassidy is the one to beat MJF for the world title. Wow. He's in the, he is in four of the top six most watched AEW YouTube videos. After OC has had it for a while, Pac is the one who should beat him. Well, that's a very nice story, but mm. I just can't see it happening for the mainstream. No. I've always thought it strange. Like, maybe after this run... I can maybe see Orange Cassidy world champion as like not the most outrageous thing I've ever heard in my life, which a few years ago I was like, I could never see it happening. You could definitely do a, a mini feud. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. I pitched it a couple of weeks ago, but I don't think he could win. I think Eddie Kingston's the one to beat MJF. Will he be? Stop I have it. no idea. Stop it. <laughs> but I, that's, that's what I oh. want to see. Oh. Nick Smith, which is better? Mox brutalizes a weakened OC and takes the mid-card title, or OC survives a bloodbath war with Mox and gets the upset defense, evolving his character and earning the respect of everyone in BCC <laughs> except Utah because of their history. I mean, that's I love kind of that. fun. That's kind of fun. It's, it's funny because if they're telling the story I think they're telling, which is basically just... You know, Orange Cassidy defends the title until the wheels fall off and someone beats him. I feel like we have to be getting close mm. to that moment. And if that is the case, I don't know if he beats Moxley. Mm. You know, I don't know if that's not too much of a challenge for him. If he was to go in and face Moxley for the title and beat him, I would be shocked. Yeah, but I like that. They, they. I mean, if they did it, 
there's a really good story here yeah. to be had. So I'm not, I'm not, not about it, but mm. it'd be really interesting. Especially if like, uh, Cassidy always has Mox's number. Like, is it Toriano? And, yeah. And, uh, oh God, Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Toriano still beat John Moxley that one time. Yeah. Angel de Jesus. Hey guys, love you. Face emoji, love you too. And just wanted to ask, do you think certain guys are overexposed? Example being Darby, Orange, Jack Perry. Darby gets three TV matches and multiple segments a week, while the woman get little to nothing. I'm sick to death of Darby Allen. Oh God, I mean, to each their own, but I can't watch a show with a match like he had here and not want to see it again. I like... Uh, what I found because I didn't know I wanted this from a wrestling show is I do want the wrestling show to have core characters yes. who are on screen every week uh, which I don't think AEW do enough of mm -hmm. but they do do it with these guys so I wouldn't remove them I wouldn't remove these guys I don't know that there are too many people right this moment that feel overexposed to me if you asked me this last year I would have said Team TNA and the guns Hmm. Where it was just like they were on TV every single week yeah. instead of people like this. And I just didn't understand it. But right now, I think the shows are fairly well balanced, if not for the lack of women's content, which we've spoken about. Joe DeFilippo, I hope this didn't send twice, but I'm very excited that I get to go to Collision on Saturday with my girlfriend. There are a lot of messages I can't wait to see live. Wheeler Utah is the scrappy do of the BCC. <laughs> jam that jam. Much love to the whole crew. Well, I would be so very excited. jealous. I would be so yeah. excited to go to this show. Granted, I'm going to All In, so it's like not, not too shabby, mm. but that is a match I would be very excited to see live. Arami Ish, haven't watched in a while, guys, so I got some stuff to get off my mind. What if Punk turns heel and reveals the real Welsh Championship is the spinner belt? That'd be hilarious, but never happen. Heart for booed collision because it's WWE HQ? I hadn't thought of that. I don't no, think. No, th I think there's just like probably sports town heat mm -hmm. and stuff between New Jersey and Hartford. Maybe it's a hockey thing. I don't know if there's a, a beef with the Hartford Whalers and the New Jersey Devils or something, but. Fun idea, though. Fun yeah. idea. Graham Jones. Hi, lads. Could you do a shout out to a new pod called Unfiltered with Graham and Michael? We just had over the top wrestling world champ Sammy Dion. It's not a wrestling pod. WrestleTalk owns that market. Hard emoji. Maybe our WrestleTalk fans could subscribe and help us out. Heart hands thing. Yeah, okay. Uh, Unfiltered with Graham and Michael. Go check it out. Support the community of, of everyone. Uh -huh. uh, Elm Tarambras again. The McGood Morning Wrestle Talk Wrestling Talkers. I am McGetting McFood for the McDay. Is the McAnything you are McWanting from the McJack the Box? I think he, I can't <laughs> tell if he's going to McDonald's or Jack in the Box. Uh, my go to order at McDonald's is a, uh, what is it called? A bacon double cheeseburger, XL, mm -hmm. uh, chocolate milkshake, um, chips, regular. And a little muffin. Mm -hmm. Even though the desserts are rubbish at McDonald's, I used I to work. At, I used to work at McDonald's, and I really enjoyed their chocolate chip cookies. Okay, but frozen. It was a hot. Wow. It was a hot day. Wow! And I would literally just go into the walk-in freezer and just be like, "I'm just gonna, ah. <laughs> I'm just gonna have a cookie <laughs> or two. They can't. It's been long enough. They're not gonna find this." 
Fen 3.4. I spotted a familiar commuter on my shift yesterday. It was none other than Mr. Oliver Davis. And I'm happy to be WrestleTalk's personal train driver now. Where was I? Thank you for all the excellent wrestling entertainment. And don't forget to mind the gap, that gap. <laughs> gap, that gap. I mean, could we get a personal train driver? Could we have a WrestleTalk train I don't think train the trains the work that way. <laughs> uh... Yesterday, well, we went to see Grubby Little Mitts. We did go so to see Grubby was, Little Mitts. But I was with you all, so DLR? We're on the DLR? Maybe. Oh, well. Thank you very much for driving the trains. Seplin uh, at 2144. Ah, a podcast with Wrestle Talks. Two worst Blood on the Clock Tower players is finally here. Hey. Tempest, how you're still dating Holly <laughs> after her ultimate betrayal on your last game makes you a better man than me. I would have slept on the couch in spite. Well, I'll tell you how. It's because that game was filmed over a year ago, and that is how we met. <laughs> so, how about that for your meat cute? <laughs> Jack, well, God, we've met so many people in these chats because we've been out recently jack wolf hi guys nice to get the chance to speak to you for a few minutes last night at the theater ollie what did you and the rest of the wrestle talk crew make of the show well we saw rosie and sully's show grabby little mitts hello hi so funny so funny anybody who's in london or the surrounding areas make sure that any chance you get in the near future, if you're going to the Edinburgh Fringe, make sure you go and see Grubby yeah. Little Mitts. Hello, hi. You will not regret it. It is so funny. Incredibly funny. Uh, won't go, we can't say anything because, it, it, you know, no spoilers. spoilers. No spoilers. Uh, okay, so Modmother tells me she's copy and pasted the blow exactly as they were sent. It's from Elm Tamrez, again, both of them. Uh, it looks like the mist is coming, but there's loads of weird characters. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is a series of random. Might as well uh, be wingdings. Yes. You ever go into Microsoft Word as a kid, yeah. or maybe not as a kid in your case, but <laughs> go into Microsoft Word and just go to the wingdings and just type out mesh. all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if that's a code, uh, I don't have time to decipher it now. No. So, yeah, you could just... The Riddler is sending us uh, uh, Ultra Chats. Rob Burwell, member for 23 months. A big way to fix the women's division is to build a few stars between all AEW shows outside of the Baker and the Outcast. Sky Blue is where I'd start. Sky Blue, Willow Nightingale. Yep. Bring back Sheep. The easiest two most likable baby faces in AEW right yeah. now, Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue. Amanda Savage, hopefully good news. Defy is launching a woman's promotion called Spirit WC. First show tomorrow. Oh, not a Defy chat here. Hell yeah. Uh, Maki Ito, Vert Vixen, Trisha Dora, Ali Catch, Marina Shafir and more. There are a lot of compelling female characters already in AEW. Would love to see them blossom. Hell yeah. Shout out to, uh, to Ali Catch in particular. I met mm -hmm. her in the GCW show the weekend of All, all Out. <laughs> Or all out, yeah, all out in uh, 2021, and she stuck her head in the in the car <laughs> and told me I wasn't cute, and I was like, <laughs> appreciate it. And I mean, look everybody else in this car; they're they're taking it all up. Because mm -hmm. I was with Sean and the Joshi Church of Joshi girls, so Sean's not cute. He's tall. He's short. He can't the be shortest man. <laughs> uh, Elm Therese again. Uh, says, gracias por todo los videos tan, uh, tan fantásticos. Espero que tengan una gran semana. I am feeling thank you. Hope you're I'm okay. I'm feeling you're welcome. Hope you're okay. Uh, and finally for now, 
Fox to your nan has been a member for five months. Could you see the AEW women doing a Nexus spot and destroying everything in their path before fading to black? That could light a fire instantly. Uh, it would, I would require them to be in the main event. <laughs> I would say no, just because that kind of buries your own promotion. Yeah. Although he did that with Max last year, which I still think is a mistake. Yeah, I don't think I would recommend too many people being like anti-AEW because I think very often in these cases it turns the promotion into the heel. And that's not been the thing you want to do yeah. with AEW as of yet in this company's life. So maybe not, but um, I think some really big angle oh, yeah. like that with the women's division would be a really good place to start. Well, thank you very much for all your chats. There were loads there, uh, but very emotive check topic. Check the poll. Course. Oh, check the poll. Oh, wow. 52% mid, 33% up, 15% down. That is, uh, by AW standards, that's that's a bad score, I'd say. Yeah. Still, still up overall, though. Uh, well, thank you very much, and please go and watch the WrestleTalk news earlier. You can see me headbutt Pete in the stiffest... New Japan style strike ever. Stop uh, it, Mr. Simpson. Uh, and yeah, jam that jam. 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.